Hello, this is Father Randy Sly with another installment of Day by Day, where each day we take a look at a reading from Holy Scripture found in the Daily Mass. And today is Thursday of the first week of Lent. Today is also a special feast day. Today is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as I said, today is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter, and it's not really a feast for a piece of furniture, but it has to do rather with the symbolic nature of the throne upon which Peter sat as the first among equals, the first pope. And it all begins in the passage that we have here from Matthew. Now, Jesus and the disciples were up a little bit north and east of the Sea of Galilee, up near uh, the city of Caesarea Philippi. It used to be called the city of Pan. Caesarea Philippi was a city that was rebuilt um, by Philip the Tetrarch, and he was doing it in order to give glory to himself as the Tetrarch, basically a regional king, and also to Caesar, uh, who, of course, was the emperor of the Roman Empire. So he joined his name with that of Caesar, who basically appointed him, and basically built a city to the authority of a man on earth, to the known world at that time. And so it was in that region, as you think about Caesarea Philippi being built to talk about man's throne, that Jesus speaks to his disciples about who they think he is. And so he begins by asking them, who do other people say that I am? And their reply is various. Some believe that Jesus actually is John the Baptist come back from the dead. And which is interesting because they both were at the same baptism uh, in the at the Jordan River, but uh, that you know those are the rumors from people who did not know uh, Jesus or John the Baptist. Others say that he is Elijah, basically the prophet of the Old Testament, and there was a prophecy in Malachi that Elijah would be present again, kind of a, a new Elijah. <clears throat> While that was thought of that might be Jesus. Actually, Jesus said that was John the Baptist, who was uh, the new Elijah. Others thought he was Jeremiah or one of the other prophets, again, come back from the dead. And at this point, 
with all that conjecture, he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And this is the place where Simon Peter steps up. And he basically says uh, that, that strong declaration, you are the Messiah. But he goes on beyond that, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so he adds that divine component. Not only is he the Messiah, <clears throat> the anointed one from God, but he is the Son of God. He is divinity. And this is something that is way beyond anything that, that he might understand to be true from what people knew of the Messiah from the Old Testament or what they conjectured. Because uh, one of the things that they had always thought is that the Messiah would basically be a modern-day governmental reformer that who would come and restore order to Israel and to remove, for example, Rome from domination, things like that. But here, Jesus puts him on the spiritual plane. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So at this point, Jesus affirms what he says and where he found out that information, that it was given to him by God the Father. And then he gives him that name, <clears throat> again, reaffirming that, uh, that name Petros. I say to you, you are Petros, which is the masculine form of Petra, which means rock. And upon this rock, so you are Petros, and upon this Petra, the rock being both uh, Peter and the revelation that he made. Those two are a, a dual uh, revelation. And he says, upon that, upon you and what you are seeing, <clears throat> I will build my church and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. So basically, he, he makes Peter the first among the apostles. And he actually also gives him the keys of the kingdom. And this is interesting, and it really points back to uh, one of the things that's uh, unique about that area is that the person— that represents the king in a palace, uh, wears on their left shoulder the keys of the palace, and that is a sign of their authority. And basically, those keys are not just symbolic, but they're real. They actually do open the door and lock the door to the palace. So that person really has the ability to open and close the door, to admit or to refuse those who come into the palace. And they are placed in authority by the king. And so Jesus is saying, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, uh, you can open and close the gate <clears throat> to the kingdom of heaven. And uh, this is a powerful authority, and it is out of this that we do see uh, the means that we have for uh, being used by God to bring people into the church through baptism, uh, to absolve their sins, which again is reinforced at the end of John's gospel, and other things like that, that there is authority that was given to Peter and then to his successors and distributed among those in apostolic uh, succession that can uh, be used of God to order the government of the church. So today we're, we're really reflecting upon that chair 
and the chair of St. Peter is actually, there's a beautiful Bernini window at the back of St. Peter's, <clears throat> and below that Bernini window with the Holy Spirit is a chair that's fashioned, or fastened rather, to the wall, and that is St. Peter's chair. And so it again is symbolic of his authority as the primus inter paris, the first among equals, the, the Holy Father, the first Holy Father. And it is upon his shoulders that, uh, that we continue to build the church. Now, there's an interesting nuance to this as well, that if you go down into the excavation under St. Peter's Basilica, it's called the Scabi, and you go down into the Scabi, and you keep going down through the catacombs, you eventually come to the uh, tomb of St. Peter. And it's a rock tomb. But then, right upon that tomb, you see three altars, one on top of the other, which are the three different basilicas that were built over time. And you can actually look up through that excavation and see the floor to the current St. Peter's. But on the rock tomb of Peter, you see these altars having been built. And so again, there's even a literal uh, uh, and visible way to see upon this rock I will build my church. We're connected to St. Peter. We are connected to uh, that rock, both in a real way, a tangible way, through the actual altars being built. But that really is representative of the greater way that as Peter made this revelation <clears throat> that the church is built upon Peter's uh, custodianship of the revelation of who Jesus is. And through successive centuries, his successors have continued to guard the magisterium of the church. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, on a personal note, uh, many of you know that uh, my incarnation as a uh, Roman Catholic priest is with the personal ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter, and uh, this is a non-geographic diocese uh, for North America that was established by Pope Benedict for former Anglicans. And he was the one that gave us that name in the patronage so that the ordinariate in North America is uh, for the chair of St. Peter. And it is unique and beautiful that today, this day, is our feast day as well for the ordinariate, remembering that uh, even as those who were engrafted uh, into uh, the vine later on as uh, Anglicans coming in to the fullness of the Catholic faith, that we still are under the chair of St. Peter. So may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.